voice of the world The sound with the beat The sound that sets you tapping your feet Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure The sound of the news, rhythm and blues Tchaikovsky swing, whatever you choose Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure Welcome to All Things Radio, your weekly radio magazine, with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, a very, a very good evening from a very much cooler Indianapolis, Indiana. I got off the plane yesterday morning, no jacket, and it was 38 degrees. <laughs> Not so good. Well, we and I'll turn it over to Jeff and Bernie. Stay tuned. I've got That's a new a radio Bill, I station. I got a new radio station for Bernie to listen to in Indianapolis. So we'll talk about that in a few. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay, first of all, have a good evening to everybody who's listening to, listening to the show here. We've got a very busy show this week. First of all, of course, we always do it. We'll start our show with it. All things radio, award-winning news, as Bill says. And we've got a lot of radio news, but also a lot of cord-cutting news this week. And we'll follow it up with Jennifer Sparks' call. And, um, we'll have a call and feedback section. We'll follow that up with Jennifer Sparks' call and format changes. And we're going to continue our look at Radio Australia. Pretty interesting to find out what's happening on the other side of the world. And, of course, on our featured station segment, we're going to also look at uh, uh, Little Walter's Time Machine. I've, and I, I think that's how we do it. I mean, unless Bill changes that, that's not a problem. But Little Walter was uh, forced to be reckoned with, if you like oldies, and he's available on an, an oldies radio station run by the Belmonts. That's the backup group for Dion, and they have their own internet radio station, and he does the Time Machine show. And finally, we're going to feature a tribute to Bob Kingsley, who passed away a few weeks ago. He died of bladder cancer at the age of 80, but he hosted the American Country Countdown, and we have an American Country Countdown show from 1987. So all in all, I think we're going to provide you guys with a lot of entertainment and a very busy show this week. Over to you, Bill. Jeff, per usual, I have changed the order just so I can confuse you. That's okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I live for. If I can make it difficult for Jeff, I will. And so that's exactly what I've done. And if everybody believes that, anybody on the panel got anything before we launch into this award-winning news? I guess. Well, no? Sounds like a really interesting show. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people, well, yeah, Bob Kingsley, of course, I didn't realize this, was living in Weatherford, Texas, about yeah. an hour southwest of Fort Worth when he, he passed sure away. sure was. You're really going to look forward to it, but it will come sooner than Jeff expects. So let's get started <laughs> with that award-winning news. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. Tuck the cells, KFMB, AM, and FM in San Diego, California. It's back to the courts for the employees of radio station WBAI-FM in New York City. We'll let you know what's happening on the street and provide you with some cord-cutting news. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and San Diego Radio makes news. How would you like to buy KFMB, AM, and KFMB, FM? Well, if you have the right amount of money, those two radio stations could be yours. Tecta is selling both of these radio stations. They acquired both radio stations from Midwest Communications in 2018. How 
However, those stations are up for sale. One interested party is iHeartMedia, which would like to improve its sports presence on the San Diego radio dial by purchasing KFMB AM. They would then take the sports programming that is heard on KLSD AM and move it to KFMB AM. However, that may not be possible at this point because iHeartMedia would have to give up some radio stations in San Diego in order to make this happen. However, details in the sale of these radio stations has not officially been released. They should be released sometime in early November, and we'll let you know more about this in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Now let's look at WBAI. The continuing saga continues with this specific owned and operated radio station. The federal court will not hear complaints from the union about WBAI and firing its local employees. The federal court has thrown out the case by the WBAI employees, and it's all back in the New York State Supreme Court's hands. We'll let you know more about this in a future All Things Radio podcast as well. Now it's time to take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. Folks living in Indianapolis, Indiana might be wondering what happened to Dan Dekich. Dan Dekich hosts a sports show that airs Monday through Friday from noon to three. However, he's gone. Why? According to the spokespersons from Emmis, he failed to adhere to journalistic standards, and there's no comment from Dan Dekich or further comments from Emmis at this time. In other news, Mike and Amy have exited KWJJFM 99.5 The Wolf. The station is owned and operated by Intercom and programs a country format. Intercom has also made job cutbacks in Phoenix, Arizona at radio station KMLEFM. The station also programs a country format, and gone is Maria Knight and Chad Mitchell. No replacements have been made for this morning team at this time. Congratulations go out to Kelsey Brannon, who's the new assistant program director at radio station KCMP-FM. KCMP-FM is the public radio station licensed to Minneapolis, Minnesota. She comes to this radio station after working at radio station KEXP-FM in Seattle, Washington. According to a recent article in the New York Post, Stephen A. Smith will be giving up his radio show on ESPN. However, he'll continue to work on ESPN television, and we'll let you know more about this in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Endocom is quietly making job cutbacks in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at their radio station WBEB-FM. The station programs in adult contemporary format, and gone is night host Jesse Jordan. Jesse Jordan had been with the radio station for 10 years. Finally, Westwood One is adding a new satellite-delivered format to their roster. It's called Classic It's Gold. The format will feature music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Now it's time for some cord-cutting news. Recently, Comcast has cut Turner Classic Movies, TCM, from its core packages. And if you want TCM, you'll have to pay $9.95 extra a month to obtain this channel. If you're willing to cut the cord and get rid of Comcast cable, there are other alternatives. You can find TCM on YouTube TV, DirecTV, and a host of other streaming services. Are you upset with the high cost of cable TV? Well, the New York State Senate is hearing you. They're upset with the high cost of cable TV and all of those hidden services. The Senate is going to propose a bill that would require these cable TV companies to disclose those hidden services. Have you ever wanted to test out a streaming service without creating an account? You can if you have a Roku. You can test out such streaming services as HBO and Stars. Find out more at Roku.com. Haystack, the free streaming TV service which streams lots of news programming, is adding i24. i24 is an international news service which provides news from an international perspective and is available on some cable companies. If you're interested in buying an Amazon Echo Dot, it's available on a limited time basis for $8.98. And if you buy the Echo Dot, you'll be able to obtain a free month of Amazon Music. Hulu has made changes to its app, allowing users of Android devices the ability to download movies and TV shows. According to the media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Number one was Geico Insurance, followed by McDonald's, Walgreens, and Home Depot. Finally, we at All Things Radio are set to report the death of longtime country radio announcer Bob Kingsley. Bob Kingsley died of cancer at his home in Texas, and we have a tribute to Bob Kingsley, courtesy of Benstown Radio. The country music world mourns the loss of the legendary Bob Kingsley. It's been grand. The National Radio Hall of Fame member's 60-year career included over four decades hosting Bob Kingsley's Country Top 40 and American Country Countdown. Now, American Country Countdown. Kingsley began his radio career in 1959 while still in the Air Force on the Armed Forces Radio Service out of Iceland. He spent most of the 1960s at KGBS in Los Angeles, moving to KLAC to program its move to country music. His passion for what
what he does really comes through the microphone. The warmth in his voice, he, it just can't be confused with any other disc jockey on radio. He went national as producer of American Country Countdown since its debut in 1974, but became its voice in 1978, where he'd remained the host for 27 years. Bob has made such a huge impact on so many performers, so many people in the country music industry. The top-rated show won numerous awards, including Billboard Magazine's Network Syndicated Program of the Year for 16 straight years. They dreamed to be on that countdown. That countdown meant so much to admit success in their eyes. Founding his own Bob Kingsley's Country Top 40 in 2006, he continued to be the most recognizable voice in country radio. Let the count begin. But just this month, he revealed he was stepping away to deal with his cancer diagnosis. Though his attitude remained positive, the disease would take his life just days later. He died at his home in Weatherford, Texas at age 80. We remember country radio legend Bob Kingsley. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. We like to hear from you, our listeners. Your feedback is welcome when you call toll-free 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. Select option two for the podcast team. Greetings, Bob here in uh, suburban Detroit. The unfortunate passing of Bob Kingsley reminds me of something that I've been wondering about for 45 years. In uh, 1974, Casey Kasem mentioned the fact that Jim Stafford recorded the I Would Weed, and it was written by Don Bowman. And Don Bowman was hosting American Country Countdown at that time. So I've always wondered how he introduced his own song. And I was wondering if there were any air checks of those programs. Thank you, and I love the podcast. Hi, guys. Eric from Los Angeles uh, wanting to go ahead and announce the death of Bob Kingsley, who died at his home in Weatherford, Texas at the age of 80. The country top 40 that bears his name was the result of him getting out on his own and doing his own thing with top 40. For many, 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 many years, I was able to listen to not only American top 40, but American country countdown. It will just not be the same without him. Hey guys, this is John Wesley Smith from Hallsville, Missouri. Uh, thanks for uh, playing my uh, comments on the feedback feature. The uh, CKL W air check was very interesting. They mentioned the contest well back in about, I guess it was 1972 or 3. The Mighty 1290 Coil KOIL in Omaha did what they called the contest, and I don't remember what the prizes were, but not to be outdone, KRCB AM and FM in Council Bluffs, Iowa, was doing what they called a contest. <laughs> so pretty superficial uh, what that was all about. Anyway, as far as uh, two, uh, an announcer working two stations, uh, yeah, we've got plenty of that around here. There's a guy named Simon Rose, originally from England, who still has his British accent. He is on what they call the morning meeting with another lady between 9 and 11 in the mornings here on KFRU. And then uh, Simon works, I think it's 2 to 6 or something like that, on KBXR in Columbia, which is a, I think they call it the AAA format or something like that. Anyway, both are cumulus stations, and they also have another uh, one of their announcers, one of their female announcers, working on uh, 101.5 
which they call soft rock. It really isn't, but you know how that is anyway. And uh, she also uh, does a, a shift on uh, 100.1 Nash FM. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Listener comments are always welcome. So give us a call on that feedback line, 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. As your host, I try to keep up on radio news. Jeff just scooped me about Dan Dockage here in Indianapolis. I I didn't hear him on for a couple days, but I was traveling and not paying as close attention. Shame on me for not... Well, actually, you will be able to hear him. I think next week he was suspended. When they originally came out with the article, it said he was was fired, but he wasn't fired. He was suspended for a week. So he should be back next week, though. Oh, I thought Um, he was. And he'll still be doing his ESPN gig also when coming back. Don't, I don't feel stuff. too yeah. sorry for him. He will, he'll be all right. He has enough other gigs and things going on. But I need to yeah. research more of that. And one other thing, Jeff, I don't know how you miss this news story. I got uh, here this morning, turned on my radio. We have a news station at 94.3. This is for burning 810 WSYW, which is kind of an Hispanic station. Got to be careful here. Anyway. They have a translator at 94.3 with a very solid and strong signal. So that that will be one will be one of Bernie's phase before the night. As soon as I I get off the show here, I'm going to go check it out. I knew. I was going to say something, Bernie. As the reason I missed it is because it came out after I done the radio. No no excuse, Jeff. No excuse. If I can miss Dan Dockage and. Bernie, can you shed any more light on that story with Dan? Uh, the Dan Dockage thing. Yeah. Um, all, all I know is there have been. He's really been pushing the envelope for quite a long time. Uh, when he first started on the fan, he was funny. Uh, he was friendly. Uh, yeah, he had an edge, but he's it's gotten a lot worse, and he's uh, gotten away with saying a lot of things that um, people will, you know, kind of gasp when they hear it. And I, I think it's just gotten to a point where he doesn't stop. And I think they're just a little upset. And having said all that, he's just an incredibly nice guy. It's just so weird. He really is. He's a nice personal guy, personally, too. Do you think that his days are very, very... Man? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bernie. I'm sorry. Very nice. See, I mean, if, if he sees me in the hall, he stops, we talk. He, he's incredibly nice to everybody he sees. Do you think his days are numbered at the fan at some point with this whole thing with Emerson and him uh, and, and uh, their disagreement on his journalistic uh, approaches? Do you think that his days are numbered? Wow. I, I wouldn't even want to speculate. I mean, sometimes things like this are good for ratings. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've all, we've all heard these things where a guy gets suspended and you never quite know why, and then they bring him back. And they make big productions out of it. I remember they did that with Marvelous Mark on WNDE here in town back in the 70s. They suspended him, and they ran a, a, a disclaimer by the GM for days. Uh, he hadn't done anything. They just did it as a gimmick. Uh, that's another thing that John and Mike used to do. They always had some controversy going on within the station, within the, to the general manager or to the this one or that one, and they were always talking about, well, we need to be with him, and they get them on the phone, and they talk to him. It was a bit, but, you know, people like inside stuff, you know? Well, there was a song. There was a song. There was a song in Syracuse. It was called Sally from Syracuse back in 1973. It went nowhere. It was by a guy named Stu Nunnery, and 
the, one of the radio announcers played that. I think it was uh, Nelson Guyette at WFBL back then. And they suspended him for playing the song because the song had the words, her jeans give her ass quite a squeeze. Now, of course, oh, wow. but, but that wasn't the real problem. The reason that Bob, that they, that they suspended him was because they wanted to gain ratings. And it, he, that was, it was a sure. radio station to gain ratings at that particular point. Well, so, see, like I told, it's, maybe it's cold outside last year. That was a hoax, you know, and uh, they really got yeah. everybody excited. Everyone got upset about that. It was it was nothing from nothing, and uh, but it certainly made a lot of uh, talk on Twitter, a lot of talk on Facebook, and a lot of talk on other social media. Nothing from nothing is a good song, too. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I will. I will say. No, let's just hope Bill doesn't fun. get a good idea of suspending any of us to try to, be, to boost the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will say it's kind of interesting. You talk on your news, Stephen A. Smith. This is about the second or third time that he's left ESPN Radio, but of course he's still staying. ESPN television, so who knows what ESPN radio has planned in the daytime. I don't think they know what they're doing in the daytime. That's why they have a lot of stations doing local programming after Golik and Wingo. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was the contest thing that uh, uh, that uh, Hallsworth, that the guy in Hallsworth was there. John, 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 Wesley John. John Wesley the reason Smith. they The reason they did it that way is because back in 1972 or 71, actually 72, there was a contest called The Last Contest. And it was a consultant thing, and your radio station bought the rights to use that term and have that contest. And if other stations couldn't use the word last contest, so they used the right contest or the contest or a contest. But it was all the same kind of thing. And we had the last contest on WWDJ, but WGAR in Cleveland, Ohio, they couldn't call it the last contest, and they called it the right contest. So just wanted to give you some information about that kind of thing. King News 99 in Dallas had the last contest also. That's back and, when people could actually win a contest. Now you're competing against 100,000 people all over the country. Uh, yeah. So if you, so, and, and a lot of stations don't take phone calls anymore to win. If you, you text to win. You text, so, yeah. text the word so-and-so. Yes, so yeah. that's another thing. But radio, well, because radio isn't what it used to be, and uh, even my even my daughter. Now, my daughter is young. My daughter Brenna is twelve. She'll be thirteen and likes to listen to the radio. But I don't think she would have the patience to sit there, to sit there trying to enter a contest. To tell you no. the truth, I don't think that she has the patience for that. And if you were talking about nothing from nothing, her big problem right now is math, and so I, I don't think that the player that Billy Preston's talking to, <laughs> yeah. she'd be very she'd be very happy about she'd be very right. happy about that. So. Uh, that's all I could say about about that. But one thing I wanted to talk about in the cord cutting uh, issue here is that there are other ways to watch certain channels if you want to give up the cable, but you'll have to keep your internet with an internet provider. Uh, and you're right. I looked at my cable bill, and there's so many things you get charged for. You get charged for franchise fee for the town of Colony. You get charged state taxes, federal taxes, local taxes. You get charged a fee for having the local stations because the cable companies are charged by the local stations to put them on the cable. So it is uh, an incredible ripoff, unfortunately. But with the CV stations now going digital, it's not always easy to find a place to put the antenna because if you can't get the right sweet spot to get all those television stations, you're really out of luck and you have to have some sort of service, whether it be uh, Spectrum or, or whether it be Comcast or whether it be Altice or any of the cable companies throughout the United States. You have to have something. So it is, it is unfortunately unfortunate that the airwaves really don't really belong to the people. They belong to the uh, owners of the cable companies in a way. That's, that's really the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's I, true. And I predict the, the day the quality when, of the service, if you deal with their customer service people is all is worse i mean uh 
I think Time Warner had better customer service people than Spectrum does. They had more knowledge. Of yeah, the I tech think so. Time Warner had more knowledge than the Spectrum techs do. I, What's really bad is I know more than who I'm talking with on the phone than there's an issue. I will say you that know. the accessibility group at, uh, at that Spectrum is very good. They have got offices in uh, Buffalo, New York, and I think South Carolina, depending on where which call center you get rooted to. And I think, uh, well, I happen to be in New York State, and I called the accessibility group, and they've they've done very well for me. But uh, but you're right, it's it's not what it used to be, and especially if you get someone in, in like the Philippines or something, and they really don't understand what you're trying to say, and all they know is that they have to is that they read from a script, and you know that yeah. script doesn't tell doesn't doesn't solve the problem. It just it you know it doesn't. So that's an issue that of course is going to be dealt with. The other well, issue, one thing they can do in the Philippines, they can listen to Magic eighty nine point nine in Manila because that station's all English. That's true. Yeah, they can listen to that, and they, well, they can, can get their training for uh, the call. They, they can, can hear the hits of the day, and uh, you know, yeah. the uh, the I'm only wondering one thing, Chris, and I'm going to ask you this question because uh, you're with sports. I I foresee a day when baseball won't be on television, and the only way you'll be able to listen to it or watch it is on cable or some sort of pay per view. Do you think that the government at that point will get involved and say, "Look, hey, we're going a little too far here"? No, because already, I mean, other than the World Series and some of the games on during the week, you know, the, the games of the week, you know, on Fox or whatever, it's pretty much 90, what is it? I don't know, what do you guys think? But 95% of baseball is on, well, on all, football. Yeah, football football. You know, all right, the playoffs, everything was TBS and FS1. They had two games on MLB Network, and then on the one league championship series, they did the first Saturday game on regular Fox, but all the rest... Our playoffs, and I think the way they look at it as technology advances, you know, you're going to have so many different ways. You won't even be watching it on cable. You'll be watching it on some sort of stream that you're paying so much a month for, or part of your data plan. Or you know, all I think you're like, right, though. The sim- so symbolism, the four championships for baseball, football, basketball, and hockey are on over-the-air television, except for part of the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, you know, the symbolism of the championships going on. You know, and of course, the NFL is all. You know, they're basically they're not they're staying on the air at least in the market. So, like, okay, tonight's game is going to be on over. The TV in Washington and, and Minneapolis. Well, no, it's going to be uh, everywhere because it's on Fox. Also, oh, it's on Fox. But I mean, okay, so yeah, if it was a week, one of the early weeks when it was NFL Network, it would have been on on yeah. those cities. So they do that, um, and, and you know, and the Monday night game is on the air in the market that, that, that you know is the, te- uh, the team, like we uh, in Boston and New York for the Jets and the Patriots this week. But you know, the NFL is just you know they do so well with everything; they they don't have to really break away. Whereas these other people are getting better contract money from some of these cable companies and this and that because their ratings aren't as good, especially baseball. Baseball struggles with ratings, and hockey does too. Basketball, they can do it either way, but, but you know, basically, they do, they're doing the cable. Yeah, baseball's got Turner, baseball's got Turner, Fox, and ESPN. They've got three. Basketball has two, Turner and ESPN with ABC, right. you know, so, I mean, yeah, they, they, so they're getting multiple networks given big well, Do you think the baseball ratings so. would have done better had the Yankees been in the World Series against the oh, Astros? Sure. People love to hate the Yankees or they root for the Yankees. You know, there's Yankee fans or Yankee haters all over the country. Or well, the Dodgers have beaten the Nationals. The Dodgers, yeah, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers would have been good. But, you know, Washington's kind of an interesting story because they haven't been in the World Series since 1933. And, you know, people, the problem is people don't identify with it. There are actually people living in D.C. that live there. They think, oh, it's all the government people. They come and go and who cares? I think that's the problem. There's such an anti-government feeling. But there are real people. I remember talking to a guy years ago go and he was uh, an old senator fan and he was hoping they'd eventually get a team and they finally did in 2005 and he was so happy so you know there are real dc fans but uh, people don't know much about it 
Well, and you can hear yeah. all about this stuff on Sunday night on Sports Lounge Live. You can. I would bet these people are going to yell at us if we don't get to these fall, call letter changes. Right. I think, I think we better get on with the Jim angry. Yeah, Jim Perry's going to get angry at us. Yeah, right. now he's in the same house with us, so you got to watch out. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. And, and for the record, Jeff was suspended until today. But then, because there was a delay in the call letter and format because they didn't update, and Jeff had to do everything in the last minute, so he got himself unsuspended. So thanks, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> he'll probably be suspended until next Thursday afternoon. Also. He will be, yeah. <laughs> but but we don't talk about that so much. But thanks, no. Jeff. Here you go. Here's here's Jennifer. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of October 24th. K-H-Y-I 95.3 HAL, Texas. Changes format from country to romantica. K-K-W-A 96.3 West Lynn, Oregon. Changes format from format not available to contemporary Christian and adds network provider Way F. FM and adds slogan Way FM. KTIM 89.1 Ellinger, Texas signs on with variety. KXXP 104.5 White Salmon, Washington changes format from new to contemporary Christian and adds network provider Way FM and adds slogan Way FM. KYWY 95.5 Pine Bluffs, Wyoming changes format from silent to variety. WJCP 1460 North Vernon, Indiana changes format from classic hits to country and changes slogan from classic hits 1460 to corn 97.7 and 1460. WLZA 96.1 Eupora, Mississippi changes slogan from Max 96 to Laser 96.1 WNTS 1590 Beach Grove, Indiana changes format from Spanish hits to regional Mexican and changes slogan from Exitos 1590 to La Pantera 1590. WPGY 1580 LJ, Georgia changes format from oldies to adult contemporary. WSYW 810 Indianapolis, Indiana changes format from regional Mexican to Spanish hits and changes slogan from La Pantera to Exitos 94.3810 WYPJ 95.3 Due West South Carolina changes format from format not available to urban contemporary the following stations have signed off the air KNON 89.3 Dallas Texas WGDQ 93.1 Sumwell, Mississippi, WJMG 92.1, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, WORV 1580, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Those are your call letter and format changes for this week for All Things Radio. I'm Jennifer Sparks, wishing all of you a good week. Boy, I stepped away. I didn't get back, but just a few seconds in time. Yeah, she's she's short shifting us lately. Not as many calls. <laughs> well, you know, I have to tell you. Yeah. I have to tell you. I'm, I look at some of the radio journals, and Bill can tell you this as well. 
This week has probably been the lightest week for radio news that I've seen in quite a while. Uh, there really hasn't been a ton of radio news this week. When I And so when I looked at Jennifer's call and her format changes and Bill said it's about three minutes long and, you know, that's what it, you know, that's what it was. And that's why there was not a lot of radio news. And when I see something from Lance Venta's Radio Insight and it only has one article a, a, a day, that means that radio news is on the light side. So. Tough week for Hattiesburg, Mississippi yeah. this week. They're losing all the yes, radio was. <laughs> A couple of things are interesting to me about uh, the first one, KHYI, which is north of Dallas. That station for a few decades was sort of an Americana, uh, Texas country type station. Um, yeah. They covered between Dallas and the Oklahoma border. And um, I knew people used to listen to them back up in that part of the world, but uh, I'm, I am, it's kind of interesting they're changing format after, what, maybe 30 years of doing... Uh, wow. At least 30, yeah. And then KNON was uh, uh, sort of a... Uh, that's interesting. That station went out the air because they had a lot of diverse programming from various other groups and stuff, so I wonder if that's yeah. just a temporary sign-off. Well, I wonder yeah. if that's also because what he talked about in the news about WBAI, because I think, weren't they also affiliated with Pacific? No, KNON has nothing... No, KNON... KPFT is the Pacific Right. I, I thought that KNON was one of those stations that was was taken off because of the hurricane, uh, because of the uh, tornado. Oh, that's, it may have been uh, knocked off because of the tornado. Yeah, that's true. They may that is true. Yes. Yeah, their, their studios were, when I knew about them, they were sort of in the central part of town, so they could be off because yeah. of that. So. Yeah. You know, I'm not quite as familiar with Dallas radio, except the only thing I, I know about Dallas radio, I used to like to listen to air checks of uh, uh, Russ Knight, the weird beard on KLIS. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's my memories of Dallas and uh, and Charlie, and, which was it, Charlie and Harrigan on the... Uh, Charlie and Harrigan, yeah. Jimmy Rabbit, Rabbit replaced Russ Knight, the weird beard, in fact, when he went to WXYZ. And it's funny because you talk about Jimmy Rabbit, who was uh, very big in progressive rock radio on the East yeah. Coast, West Coast. And, uh, and and it's a it's a pattern of uh, many top forty radio announcers uh, adopted. Uh, Tom Donahue out of um, out of Los Angeles, California, out of yeah, out of uh, California, San Francisco. Tom Donahue hey, was, uh, was one of those guys who was top forty and ended up doing progressive rock. And of course, uh, Bonnie in ca- uh, California remembers B. Mitchell Reed, who worked at KFWB. He was a big top forty uh, announcer and wanted to go. And he was not happy with the way Top 40 was going, and he went to uh, Progressive Rock, uh, or Album Rock, as they call it back then. Yeah. Scott Muni was Jimmy, another one, yeah. Jimmy Rabbit, he started, uh, when KLIFFM went uh, Progressive Rock in 68, he started that off. He was there for a while. Then I think he went back to GMET, because I think he left and come back to do that. Uh, but he went then to and he actually got mentioned in a, in a David Allen Coe song. It's funny because he talked about Jimmy Rabbit turned her on to his last album or something, so he he's mentioned in a song. I think he's still on this LPFM uh, called KOCI in, uh, where is that, Mesa or Costa Mesa or someplace uh, near L.A. He's on on Saturday afternoon. Maybe he was also day. working on the, uh, not the Westwood One satellite services. Well, yeah, Westwood One. Well, he was working on the satellite service out of Texas doing oldies at one time for a while as well. So I do remember that. But uh, I do remember Jim Rabbit because he was on the love format when uh, when the ABC FM owned and operated ABC stations, FM stations were automated. And they had that love progressive rock format. And he was on that format along with Brother John and uh, Dave Herman and a bunch of other radio announcers. Tony Pig. Tony, Tony, Tony Pig. Pig. Tony Pig. Yeah. And uh, we have a, a raised hand from... Um, from Bob and uh, Bob in Michigan. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Um, there he is. 
Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Hi. I have a question. We have a uh, station in Rochester Hills, Michigan, that has a K call. So I was wondering if there's going to be a lot more K calls east of the Mississippi. Uh, your your guess is as good as mine. I'm not sure why that station has a K call. Uh, do you know why they have one, Bob? Because I I didn't know that. No idea. They have K Love Classics. That's all I know. Oh right. Oh, that means I remember. remember I'm wondering if that's just their slogan. I wonder if that's just their slogan and their calls. If if you listen at the top of the hour, they may really quickly give you a real call. That's a W call. I would be surprised. That's that's what we normally do a K call. Okay. I do want to say one thing, and I, I want to respond to your question on the calls and feedback about uh, Don. Uh, what's his name? Don Bauer. Don uh, the guy Bowman. Bowman. Yeah. Bowman. Don Bowman. Um, I do have. Uh, I don't have him uh, talking about Wildwood Weed, but next week I'm going to actually do a Don Bowman uh, American Country Countdown from 1974. And that, and when I listened to it, I was looking and listening to it. We're getting prepared to edit it. And boy, country music was so different in 1974. I thought oh, I yeah. recognized a lot of the songs, but uh, the, a lot of the stuff sure. is very unfamiliar to me. So if you listen next week, you'll get to hear Don Bowman um, doing American Country Countdown. And remember, it was produced by Bob Kingsley. So that, I think you'll look forward to that, Bob. Yeah. That is interesting. They have a K-call. Oh, that is very... I heard one time that there, there, was a, there was a station somewhere that back east that might have been in Michigan someplace. This was happened maybe 15, 20 years ago where they were assigned a K call because some sort of, some sort of clerical error. Oh, somebody didn't know where know. Michigan was, probably. Uh, maybe, maybe they didn't know where it was in K&W. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. why is W-O... I was thinking of this the other day. Why is W-O-A-I a W out, out in San Antonio? Because they were heritage. They were built in before. It was okay. just like KYW and, KYW and KDKA. Okay. Kind of the same thing. Those and states before yep. the 1920s. And, and we, have a few, we have a few W's, too. We have W-H-O. You know, they were all... They were all before. W-O-W isn't on the air anymore, but we have no, WHO, uh, WMT, so a few of those that were in before all that, you know. Yeah, it was, was it 24 or 25, I think, when they split, okay. made it somewhere in there. But you know that KYW year. in Philadelphia wasn't always KYW, I believe. It was WKYC at one point. Uh, no, no, no. WKYC was in Cleveland. That was a flip-flop. WRCV in that's uh, Philadelphia. A, that's an RCV. That. Right, right, yeah. right. And, and the, but those call-letters were in Chicago at one point, too, KYW. Uh, and I don't know the history. Back in the 30s and stuff, there's a whole thing. If you go on Wikipedia and look up KYW, you see a whole history about Chicago and Cleveland. Of course, because it was in Cleveland, and that was the flip that became KYC uh, in Cleveland in '65, and WRCV became KYW with a, with the Cleveland call letter. So they were east of the Mississippi all the time in Chicago or Philadelphia way back, uh, I guess. Then Chicago, then Cleveland, and then back to Philadelphia. Okay, hey Bill, I wonder if it's time for our next feature. I guess it is, Jeff. You're going to have to wake me up. But I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, he hasn't adjusted from the jet lag from yesterday. No, no. Right? I, I, actually, I left house. At 4.15 yesterday morning. That's not so good. But anyway, I'm going to play the Bob Kingsley special now because I think we have a lot of our listeners here and they would really like to hear that. And then we'll get into some other things. So listen to this. This is a real classic from 1987. This week, our classic air check remembers Bob Kingsley, who passed away this past week from bladder cancer at the age of 80. I think the best way to remember him is to play an air check of his American Country Countdown from March 21st, 1987. So without further ado, let's remember Bob Kingsley at his best, doing American Country Countdown on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live.
Welcome again to American Country Countdown. My name is Bob Kingsley, and every week at this time, we count down the 40 top records of the week based on Billboard Magazine's official survey. We've got the biggest stars in country music singing the biggest hits in the nation. Now, before we kick off this week's survey, let's hear the song that checked in at number one in our survey last week. Here is SKO, and Baby's Got a New Baby. Baby's been coming home wearing a smile. Baby's got a new baby now. There is SKO on American Country Countdown, and last week's number one song, Baby's Got a New Baby. Number 40. Leading off this week's survey is a song called Need a Little Time Off for Bad Behavior, and it debuts for David Allen Coe. With the first of the 40 hottest country hits of the week, that is David Allen Coe as he debuts with Need a Little Time Off for Bad Behavior. Coming up, a singer born in a place called Iran, but he's as American as apple pie as our countdown continues. My kind of country, my kind of music, American country from the bottom to the top, we're counting down the 40 best-selling country hits of the week. I'm Bob Kingsley, and at number 39, here is Gary Morris as he debuts with Plain Brown Rapper. Lose the jewels, there's diamonds in your eyes. Oh, there is Gary Morris as he debuts at number 39 with a title song from his album called Plain Brown Rapper. The third of this week's debut songs is by a fellow who was born and raised among the oil fields of Iran. But before you jump to any conclusions, let me explain that the singer is an all-American boy who hails from Iran, Texas. I'm talking about Dan Seals, who says the name of his hometown is just as all-American as he is. It seems the oil baron who founded the town named it after his two children, Ira and Ann. It's spelled I-R-A-A-N. Now, Dan's performance Forming name at one time did have a connection with a foreign country. For 15 years, he was England Dan, performing with partner John Ford Coley. But since 1979, when their soft rock act split up, he has performed under his real name, Dan Seals. And that is the name on the label of this week's number 38 song. We have known each other for so long. Debuted at number 38, that is Dan Seals, and I will be there. As we count down the 40 biggest country hits of the week. My kind of country. My kind of music. American country. Countdown. I'm Bob Kingsley with the biggest country hits of the week. Counting them down to that number one song. At number 37, Hank Williams Jr. debuts with When Something Is Good, Why Does It Change? of his Montana Cafe album, Hank Williams Jr. debuts at number 37 on ACC with When Something Is Good, Why Does It Change? You know, as a rule, most singers tend to pass through different stages and musical influences, leaving one behind and moving on to another. But this next singer brought all of her musical influences along for the ride. Juice Newton was just 13 when she made her first public appearance back home in Virginia Beach, Virginia, singing rhythm and blues songs. She moved on from there to folk music, to rock and roll, and to country. Now, these days, on nearly all of her albums, you'll find songs that fit into each of those categories, and 
including her current hit, which definitely belongs on the country charts, where it ranks this week at number 36. Juice Newton and What Can I Do With My Heart. What can I do with my heart? From its high point at number 9 a couple of weeks ago, down to number 36 this week for Juice Newton and What Can I Do With My Heart. Coming up, you're going to hear a bit of the musical history from a man who's been both a rock and a country superstar as we count them down. My kind of country, my kind of music. Once a week with American Country Countdown, and you'll know where your favorite records are on the national music scene. My name is Bob Kingsley, and at number 35, here is John Conley as he debuts with Domestic Life. Cruising in my station wagon. That is John Conley, new in the 40 this week at number 35 with Domestic Life. Back in the mid-1950s, Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee, produced the classic debut recordings of such superstar acts as Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, and Charlie Rich. Now, of course, there were other artists who didn't fare nearly as well at Sun. For instance, in 1956, a young fella from Mississippi recorded eight songs for the legendary label that were not released until nearly 20 years later. Now, by then, of course, he had long since left Sun Records and had become a super star on a different label. The singer I'm referring to is currently making his 64th trip up Billboard's country chart. Now, before we hear his current record, let's go back to 1956 and hear just a bit of one of those long, unreleased Sun recordings. Listen carefully and see if you recognize the voice. If you haven't already figured it out, that was the voice of a very young Conway Twitty. Born to Sing the Blues is one of the sides recorded on Conway's very first recording session back in 1956. But for Conway, stardom was still two years away. It wasn't until 1958 that he sold upwards of 8 million copies of his first rock and roll hit called It's Only Make Believe. For the next seven years, Conway sang rock and roll. Then in 1966, he recorded the first in a string of country hits that lead straight to the number 34 spot on this week's countdown. Here's Conway as he debuts with his newest called Julia. You were always there for me. There is Conway Twitty as he debuts at number 34 and Julia. 33 hits to number one, including the story of a singer who was everything a mother would want in a daughter and all a father might want in a son, as we count them down. American Country Countdown. We are counting our way through the 40 biggest country hits of the week based on the rankings of Billboard magazine. I'm Bob Kingsley at number 33 with his former number one. Here's Lee Greenwood. There's a quiet time. Two weeks ago, that turned out to be Lee Greenwood's seventh number one country hit. It's called Morning Ride. Checking in this week at number 33. Up now is the fourth chart single by a four-member all-girl singing group that includes a lady who was everything her mother could want in a daughter and everything a father might want in a son. I'm talking about a member of the girls next door named Tammy Stevens. You see, when Tammy was growing up in Arlington, Texas, she was as much into athletics as any father would want his son to be. 
She competed in a lot of sports, including basketball and track, as well as being the manager of the boys' basketball team. Now, at the same time, Tammy made her mom happy by singing with her in the family gospel group. And it was that gospel singing that gave Tammy the basic training for a career in music that led her to the quartet that has turned out to be one of the hottest new acts in country music. Here is Tammy Stevens, along with Doris King, Cindy Nixon, and Diane Williams, the girls next door, and survey song number 32. The girls next door climbing up six notches this week to number 32 with Walk Me in the Rain as our countdown rolls on. My kind of country, my kind of music. These are the top-ranked country hits in the nation as we count them down on our way to that number one song. My name is Bob Kingsley, and with survey song number 31 for the week, here is Pink McIntyre. The children huddle by the courtroom door. There is Pate McIntyre with some great harmony help from Sister Reba climbing up to number 31 with Heart versus Heart. From the American Country Countdown Archives, where we are reviewing all of the number one country hits of the 1970s. We are up now to July 1975 with 169th number one country hit of that decade. With Moving On, here's Merle Haggard. Big wheels rolling. From the ACC Archives, dated July 1975, that was Merle Haggard and Moving On, Billboard's 169th number one country single of that decade. I'm Bob Kingsley, and there is much more to come on American Country Countdown. I'll be right back with the 30 most popular country songs of the week, plus the story of a man who seemed to reach from beyond the grave to influence the musical career of a top country music star. Well, there you go. American Country Countdown is heard on March 21st, 1987, hosted by Bob Kingsley. And as I said earlier, Bob Kingsley passed away last week from bladder cancer at the age of 80. Although Bob Kingsley is gone, there are plenty of air checks of Bob Kingsley's work available on the Internet. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the show, why don't let me know about it by email or by voicemail. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. Wow, it's very, very wow. interesting. Oh, I enjoyed those stories. You know, you miss that kind of stuff with the countdown. And you, but, know, you know, you listened, you listened to his voice then, and even about a month, I heard him a couple months ago. He did not age that much. I mean, you know, Casey Kasem, when you could definitely tell towards the end of the disease when he, you heard hear some of his, you know, final countdowns where Bob Kingsley, he still pretty much sounded the same. What I no- what I noticed the only thing that I noticed that was different about this with then American Top Forty is he didn't say uh, American Country Countdown is heard on great radio stations all over the world. Like yeah, I was looking forward to hearing he that. Did that. He did that. He he did it, but not every hour like Casey did. I think he only did it once or twice a show, if I remember right. Yeah, maybe they didn't have as right. many because, of course, American Top Forty was all, all, a lot overseas. There was always a Australian or whatever station thrown yeah. in at the end. You know, does anyone uh, yeah. remember and, the Drake Chanel format? Uh, a Great American Country. Any of you guys yeah. remember that at all? Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. If I you listen remember. to that particular format, you will hear. Uh, the guy doing the voice tracking, you'll hear a guy saying, that was that was Bob Kingsley who mentioned the yeah, names of the songs exactly. in that particular format. 
So, well, and like I said, last week he did he did the automated for a lot of stations across the country. I know in Seguin, Texas, with KWED FM, he he was uh, the voice on the, the voice track on the automated tape that they used back in '82 and '83. And I know there was a station Mamu, Louisiana, when I lived in Lafayette, Louisiana, they used him. Uh, right, because they all use that Drake. They all use the Drake Chenault service, uh, Sean, and and he did yeah. the voice tracks for all of those particular radio stations because that's how the automation would come. The, all the currents were voice yeah. tracked. Some of the golds were voice tracked. The depending on how they programmed the tapes. Uh, they, all the music was on reel-to-reels, and the voice track was on the, was on. well, it may have been done on separate reels. Sometimes they may have they've gotten out of sequence. I saw a, a station where the, the titles and artists were wrong because their reels were out of sync. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. That, that I saw happened. a station where the uh, the music was backwards, but everything else was forwards. And it took them, oh, that's cool. Oh, it, it, took them backwards back, you know, it took about 30 minutes to fix it. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, that's because, you know, the, the tapes are stored, what they call tails out, and when you, tails you, out, you yeah. put them on, you've got to rewind them first uh, or else that's yep. what's going to happen so uh, that happened to me when I worked at a beautiful music station for the first time and I didn't know and yeah. then program director hey you got the tape on backwards so it, it happens more than you think believe me yeah, uh, I, can, I, I can tell you that so uh, Bill do you want to do our Australian thing uh, I'll, I'll let you you're the yeah we're, we're going to do that do we have a raised hand Perry we do have a uh, raised hand from Bobby Bobby uh, what's his name Bobby, Bobby uh, let me see if we can you want to get him Barry Perry Yep, just a second. While we're yep. waiting. There you, there you go, Bobby. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I remember um, back in the old days, that used to be on 103.5 WYNY, and when it was a country station, and for a long time it was Bob Kingsley, but then I think Del DeMontra took over. Well, he did it locally, Bobby. And, the, and as a matter of fact, when uh, WY uh, when WYNY dropped the country format, Bob Kingsley was the last voice heard on WYNY. So you bring back some memories, sir. Uh, so yeah, uh, Del DeMonto had been on WHN. He was a big DJ, so that's why. Right, because yeah. he also worked at WYNY when WHN dropped country. Right, uh, and so that New York has never done well with country. Even even Nash FM on ninety. Well, it's not Nash FM. It's ninety four point seven with country. That doesn't do very well in the ratings. And yet they could do well in the ratings. They just don't seem to program it right in New York. I'm not sure but why. But WHN hung in for a long time. They How long were they uh, country? About 15 1973 years, to 1988. 87. 87, 87. When, they switched, when it became FAN. Yeah, right. that's right. And they, you know what, what's funny, though, they don't do well in the ratings, but when country artists go to New York City, they sell out. Well, yeah, because there's a cult following for country music. That doesn't mean that well, people don't listen to it. If they well, yeah, and they the don't need radio. And, they, and nowadays, they don't need radio anymore, as we've talked about before. They don't need that to get their to get their music out. So. Yeah, and Boston's the same way. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't do well, but there's a, you know a certain well, uh, KLB does. Seems like last time I saw it, KLB was doing pretty well there. Yeah, they do okay. But you know yeah. what they did? As a matter of fact, we ended up uh, in, in a strange. It's really complicated to explain. We ended up with two country stations uh, at one point, and uh, so it ended up that like they maybe get three percent of the audience, so they each had one point five. You know, the, now KLB gets a three percent, and they, they have it all the time. Yeah. So there you go. And even in Albany, New York, we have one country station, and that's WGNA FM, and they've been country for years and years and years, and they have their own little. Uh, no, I guess they do. We do have a few more, but they're really the main country station, and they they just had their the niche, and they always do well for what they do that's that's all you can say about the wgna so and, and there are a lot of towns like that and it's unfortunate that like for example when i was a kid i used to listen to wwva and they had the saturday night jamboree and they, they don't oh, yeah. do and and so if you want to get live country you got to listen to wsm am in nashville tennessee if you want to hear the grand old opry 
So what more can we say? I can't pick him up. I don't want to hear it. I hear you. There you go. Well, well I'm going to turn it over to you because I think you got uh, whatever. I'll uh, we got like. some Australian radio, but we really have to dedicate this one to Jerry in Indiana, Pennsylvania. When I was looking through, I decided, yeah, we're not WNA. What is it? What was it? WNAR. WNAR. It's out of yeah, Pennsylvania. That, yeah, that, that he wanted to listen to. But, Jerry, I decided tonight we'd give you a little change and give you some Australian OTR, and you'll like this, Jerry. You can yeah, you can hold off from WNAR. <laughs> you can hold off for just a few minutes, Jerry, and see if this brings back any good memories for you. He who lived through treachery, through murder, through infinite pain, to return as the Avenger. You can take out your notebook and make a note of this. If your draper doesn't sell bombs, underwear and hose, it's either because he wants too much profit or wishes to sell you something with his own name on it. So it will pay you to go to another draper because the bond tag on any garment is an inviolable insurance policy, a security against loss, as well as a guarantee of value and quality. Their word is their bond. And if any defect is found in a garment bearing the bond tag, your draper is authorized to give you another free. If he should refuse, post it to bond, and you'll receive a flawless garment by return. That's one reason why bonds make 7,000 garments every hour and are the largest manufacturers in Australia of every kind of hosiery and underwear. Tchaikovsky! She always calls me Tchaikovsky ever since I brought home the Brockoff walnut cookie. She calls them her nutcracker sweet biscuits. Tchaikovsky! Quite a crunchy little composition of home-style shortbread and tasty walnut pieces. Brockoff walnut cookie, her nutcracker sweet biscuits. Tchaikovsky, my walnut cookie! I'll give you Tchaikovsky. My name is Fred. Fred! him across the world. A man haunted by a past he could not forget. A man they called the Quiet Stranger.
is presented by Philip Morris Cigarettes. It's great to get together with Philip Morris Filter. 3KZ takes you to Marlboro Country. From Marlboro Country, 3KZ News. Makers of Persil welcome you to Australia's biggest and brightest quiz. And to give the money away, we give you Jack Davies. Hi ho, everybody! Welcome to the Persil Show. Give it a go. Castrol Motor Oil, over a network of 68 stations throughout Australia, presents "Leave It to the Girls" with Terry Deer. Let's leave it to the girls. Let's leave it to the everybody. The Commonwealth Savings Bank of Australia, the bank for all the family, takes pleasure in presenting the show for all the family, Night with Dexter. for Pick a Box with Australia's favourite compare, Bob Dyer. And here's the man himself, your host, Bob Dyer. Thank you, customers, and welcome to the new look BP Pick a Box. and Band-Aid adhesive bandages welcome listeners on 57 stations throughout Australia to the Quiz Kids Show. Here now is Quizmaster John Dees. Thank you, John Pierce. Good evening, everyone. Here we have the Quiz Kids back in the Macquarie Auditorium after the excitement of their Broken Hill trip, an experience which will certainly live in their memory. She's lovable, she's active, and boy is she attractive, cause she's lovable in her lovable bra. She's where things are swinging, she loves that lovable living, she's lovable in her lovable bra. And it costs so little to look lovable, she's smart and exciting, so lovable and inviting. Lemonade, the drink with the South Pacific sparkle, the brightest taste in lemonade. 
Mirinda Lemonade, the brightest taste in lemonade. Come on down to the back some memories in a sense and, and you know people don't realize that uh, Australia did produce some pretty good radio shows uh, there was a, a radio producer uh, named Grace Gibson who had a radio show called The Clock and they also produced a show called The Fat Man of course that was here in this country as well but the Australian version I thought was even better than the American version uh, you learn something new every day I didn't know that their clothing stores were drapers there's something yep. new and also they're very honest about their their underwear they they're talking about the lovable bra and i remember when i was a kid because this would have been back in the 50s and 60s of these commercials you can tell by the vintage of them and they would talk about foundation garments they didn't even say underwear for women they would talk about foundation yep. garments so there you go they, they, well, they did mention right the word bra in that commercial chris if i remember correctly right yeah they did they said yeah. lovable bra really was, yeah. but you never back in the 50s and 60s you never heard that on the radio no you really heard it no but, but listen the, the radio show, The Clock. If Bill, I don't know, Bill, you, if you have that in your old-time radio collection. Oh, my, Jeff. We've got what everyone a, produced. I know you do. What a great show that was. And uh, we used to hear it on uh, on WRVR-FM in New York City when they did old-time radio. The Clock and The Fat Man were the two shows that came out of Australia that we got to hear back, back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So To listen to The Clock, Jeff, you wouldn't think. I didn't know for a long time. Until I started doing research, did you know that show was an Australian show? I didn't know it initially until I heard the, some of the accents, but they're pretty good. But then I, I did some research on it a long time ago, and I remember that it said it was a Grace Gibson radio production, and she produced a bunch of radio shows in Australia, from what I was told. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. It was um, just, that was pretty good stuff from Australia, just something a yeah, little bit different. it was interesting to see they had Eskimo Pies, and they had uh, Phyllis Mar- Philip Morris, and uh, what was it, L&M, I think, or one of the, I forget what the other cigarette was they had, and Johnson & Johnson. They saw all their baby stuff over there, too, so how about that? Hey, Sean. Yes. Sean, how do, is this stuff available on a podcast? I mean, if somebody wants to uh, listen yes, to this it later? Is. Yes, it is. You can download this, all this. If you want to hear it again by going to legendoldies.com or typing in worldwide space legend in your podcatcher, selecting all things radio, or you can select Sports Lounge Live. Or you can also select the Coffee Club, or on your smart device, just say play Worldwide Legend Podcast and keep saying next until you get to All Things Radio, because this is so good, you need to hear it. Yeah. You need to listen at least once a day. John is one of the fastest now. promo guys. He didn't know he was going to do that. It's like, uh, yeah, okay, we can do this. Yeah, and he does the promo. <laughs> the, very the, good. The, the, the cue card was right in front of him. All he had to do was flip go. it over. That's, I'm right here. I'll be available. Hey, there you go. You, you be, be prepared. Remember, you know, I was in That's theater. Right. Boy, you know, yeah. did different so you got to be fair. That's right. You know, I you know the other country that does some very good radio dramas and comedies and stuff, of course, is the BBC. Um, and back then, in the early days, there was no Radio 
one, two, three, and four was just the BBC domestic service yeah. and the, uh, which was the home service and the BBC world service or the foreign service of the BBC. And they didn't have uh, a bunch of different stations like they do today. So that didn't come. I used to listen to the cricket scores and I couldn't understand what the heck they were talking about. I well, never understood that. Did at you hear all. them on long? Uh, did you hear them on long wave at the time? I get them on. I get them on short wave. You know, the, I had a Howacrafter. And okay. I get them on and what thing I've heard, pe- I've heard people talk about this. Australia back then in the fifties, sixties, they were really fascinated with American products and American stuff. So of course, you you know, they didn't have as many of the rules about you know you have to play so many Australian artists, and you know they really liked our American products because radio and television over there was really. Really booming. I mean, there's, you know, they really, they really talked about. It. They were, they were fascinated with America back then. Well, they also enjoyed the jingles that we have. Uh, if you listen to a lot, oh yeah, of, they did. Those, those are the old yes, Pam jingles, and so they used a lot of our American jingles. So yeah, radio. those those sounded like I don't know whether Pam's or who, but the those some sounded of those very familiar. Pam's and some were Pam's and some were Pepper Tanner. Right, uh, I, 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 I definitely know the Pepper Tanner ones. Uh, everyone saw, thought the Pepper Tanner jingles sounded cheap, and, and if you were a jingle collector, they did sound cheap. But they were inexpensive, and, and radio stations could buy jingles at a very, very reasonable price yeah. back then. A lot of small market stations used them. Yeah. Uh, and we had a guy from San Antonio. We had a guy from San Antonio. He was doing talk radio, and then the station went off the air in '88. His father was a longtime talk legend, Alan Dale, but it was San Antonio Dale, and he ended up going then to Australia for a couple of years programming. And they, he, and when he came back one time, he said there were a number. He was amazed at the number of Americans that were working in Australian radio. He said, man, it's kind of a throwback to 10 years earlier, and that was 88, you know. So they were really uh, Yeah, now really I, remember, to I haven't heard too many Americans on when I listened to Australian stations. Not as much yeah. now, but back, I mean, at that time, I think he said there were a number that were working. So there were, he, you know, this was 1980. He came back in 90 after being there, over there for two years. So. Just, there was one radio station. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. No, you go, Jeff. There was one radio station I heard on shortwave from Radio Australia was they called their sporting service. And what they would do is they would broadcast races from the race from the horse racing tracks in Australia on shortwave. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. And, and, and of course, you could only hear those in the morning, our time, because the, the, the tracks were open, of course, in the evenings at that point. So it was pretty interesting listening to Radio yeah. Australia. And, and, of course, radio stations that were on shortwave had different interval signals. So Radio Australia had the waltzing Matilda and uh, the BBC had the sound of the, uh, you know, oh, the bells. Big that they, band. Big, big well, band. no. Yeah, the big band and, and Radio Moscow had its own theme, and Radio Deutsche Welle in Germany yeah. had its own theme. And yeah. our, uh, what was it, voice, was it Voice of America? They used Columbia, the gem of the ocean. And know, then they the, later the changed student. that to Yankee Doodle as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So it, it, and I have a file on my computer of a whole bunch of these shortwave radio interval signals. And I, I don't know if I... I always like the RSA one with the birds and the guitar and stuff. I like that, too. And then and Radio, radio Swiss International had the sound of the... Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, too. Well, I, I have that, and... But I don't know if I'll put it on the podcast because it's it's a very eclectic and not everyone would be interested in right. it. But if you guys want to hear something like that, we can make it short enough. Let me know. You've got that feedback line, 800-693-0595, hitting option two for the podcast team. You know, let me know if you said that's something you'd like to hear. It's something just a little bit different than we normally do. I also have an air check of Jerry Williams' very first show on WBBM AM in Chicago from 1965, and we can play some of that as well. But let me know what kind of air checks you'd like to hear. I mean, we do music air checks of music stations, but if there are interesting things that, that you'd like to hear that I can find, if I can find them, I would be glad to put them on if, uh, whatever you guys want to hear. A lot of blind people did have shortwave radios. I mean, you, you, you hear conversations about it, and, you know, I got it, and I, I was amazed to get all the sports. You know, get an armed forces radio. That's what I listen to all the time.
Every now and then I would hear some single sideband feed that were running the Mets. Cause I remember they were running the Mets on WJRZ, and I was, it was so cool because I got to hear about five minutes of uh, uh, WJRZ's format, uh, and then it went away. And I, I, I want to hear more of this station, even though I'm not a country fan. But I, you know, right. Mike, Mike out good. there in Florida, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, hi. I've been trying to find out for months how to hear the world of radio show with Glenn Hauser on shortwave, and um, I can't seem to find it or anything like that. And oh, one more WBCQ. What, um, what time? I don't know. I'm just saying they, they run him, I think, several times, but you'd have to... I've never listened to that yeah, show. Yeah, try, try on a Friday night or a Saturday night uh, or a Saturday afternoon, uh, uh, Mike. Um, I know he's still doing it, but he, the last time I heard him, he sounded horrible. He had been very ill for a while, but he's still doing the show as far as I know. I haven't heard that it hasn't, that it's not being done, Mike. Yeah, I happened to meet, I met him at one time. And by the way, I remember when I was little, um, I had a friend of mine, Joe Ingressio, who always used to talk about WWV. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, WWE yeah. is still around, and, uh, and as a matter of fact, if you want to hear recordings of them, they're available on YouTube as well if you'd like to hear what they sounded like when they did the, the time. Best time they was there's a few in Canada because they gave the time every uh, minute. You know, they did announce it every minute where WWV was kind of, you know, the tone changes, and I don't think they announced it all the time, and they had a little pause at the 30-second mark. I used to be fascinated with that, and I just didn't listen to the CHU of Canada, you know, when I was 10 years old. It's cool. There was a uh, satirical thing where WWV was bought, by uh, you know some media company, and they were doing all time, all the time. I heard that. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, and there's also a satirical look at Showwave called Radio Morania, which doesn't exist. Uh, that was that was produced sometime, uh, I think, by the Timtron. If people know who he is, um, WA1HLR. Uh, so it, it, it's a very interesting cult of people that listen to Showwave. Uh, and I've used to go to the Showwave conventions every year in Culpeville, Pennsylvania. So they're, they're a lot of fun, and a lot of people get together, and it's just a good time. It's not by all there. That's all I can say. Well, this is all things radio now. We yeah. talked about Showwave. We've we done that But I'm going to get serious for just a moment. Uh, you know, we do the coffee club and all things radio. And yesterday, while I was gone, one of the they we had a lively discussion on the coffee club, and one of the people was calling in Tanya from Arkansas, and she had to leave during it because she just wasn't feeling well. And I guess it got worse, and she had a brain aneurysm, and um, she's in very intensive care. And, you know, she's a friend of the legend, and we want to wish her and her family and her, you know, a full recovery. And hopefully that, you know, things will be okay for her because she was uh, been listening to the legend for several years. And so... You know, please, you know, good thoughts for Tanya, um, because we do value our listeners and the people that we interact with. And um, this information was shared with me today. It's public knowledge. It's on Facebook. And I've known a couple people with aneurysms. I had a friend who was driving and had one. And he's recovered pretty much. But, yeah, it took a while before the rehab. Well, I Let's also yeah, give our I prayers would. out to Dave and Chris because now Chris is very, very friendly with Tanya. So right, we know uh, that, that yeah. Chris is very, very concerned. So we and, already know this. Right. And, yep, those, yeah. those aneurysms are tough. My mother-in-law had one, and, and she, she fortunately is doing well after hers. But uh, my sister. 
sister was telling me, and she's in the medical profession, and she said, boy, if you have one of those and you survive it, she says, you're doing something right. Yeah, Peter yes. Gammons, a famous uh, sports writer for The Globe uh, and ESPN, contributor to ESPN, a very well-known baseball writer, had one about, oh, what, eight, ten years ago, and he's, uh, he's ten years ago, doing yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she can bounce back and just yeah. uh, definitely everybody remember. It depends. It, 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 the key, like a stroke, the key is what they're able to do in the first few uh, days, you know, and if they yes. do surgery or what they ever have to do, because there's different things. Uh, and, the and how good, sh and the rehab. That's another yeah. that's that's, how that's well the thing. Yes, Ron, you're right about that. Hey, so, guys, you know, we I wanted to talk to you about little Walter, uh, Chris, because I know yeah. that's the one that's coming up next. What is your memory of little Walter when you first heard him? Where did you, where did you oh, little Walter, hear him? He's, a, he's an interesting guy. Um, he, I assume he went to MIT because the first I heard of him, he was on WTBS. Now you say WTBS. Yes, they sold those call letters to Ted Turner to be able to enhance their power to get a better transmitter, and uh, the, he wanted to have his uh, Turner Broadcasting System, so they sold the call letters for his TV station, and uh, they took WMBR. But back in the late six, mid to late 60s, he was on WTBS 88.1, and then he went to WBCN, and the strange thing they did was they would throw him in on a Wednesday night at like midnight to 2 or something and just throw him in, and his formula has never changed. He would play a more well-known song, and then one of the real doo-wop songs, I mean, not that they weren't necessarily doo-wops, but he might do one uh, like uh, Stranded in the Jungle by the Cadets, and then maybe do something by the Orioles that you wouldn't be familiar, and then do Linking Tong, and then go back to something again less familiar. And that, so he'd keep the listeners that way, go back and forth. He was on almost every radio station in Boston. He was on WBCN. He was over at 98.5 when it was WROR. He was on um, a, a longtime WODF, and they were the oldie station. He was on WCGY, Blue Suede Radio, the Kirk Audi, uh, and his daughter Cheryl Ann uh, ran back in the early 80s. He was on 1510. He was on 1150 when they used the call letters WMEX. I mean, you name a frequency, he was probably on it. He was Friday nights, he was Saturday nights, he was Sunday nights, and he just was infectious. You know, you just loved uh, the way he, he introduced the songs. Then he got hooked up with iHeart, and he, so you would people started to hear him when they became nationally familiar with him. He would be on, um, I forget what their call was, but what was 1530 WSAI, I guess, in the early 2000s. Yeah. And he was on there. And then they started to syndicate it and send it around. As a matter of fact, it got on to XKSAM, the 1430. Uh, at that point, they were Music of Your Life, but they would put him on on Saturday morning. Right, so Little Walter's he, Time Machine. Little Walter's Time, and that's what his show was always called. And he had a doo-wop group that Little Walter's Time Machine, you know, did, did his own little song. And uh, the thing is, he was on the air for probably about 40 years from the time I started to hear him. And I guess now uh, I had heard he he isn't doing too well. Jeff, you said he's battling uh, cancer, you've heard? That's what he was battling, cancer. But the only thing I remember about Little Walter is he said, uh, I'm sitting there listening, we're on our way to uh, Deerfield, New Hampshire, to a ham fest. And he was on WCGY, I believe, or something like that. It was a Saturday. I don't remember what. He was on the radio. And he played Speedo by the Cadillacs. And he said, well, this is the alternate take of Speedo. Because if you listen to that song by the Cadillacs, you'll hear that there's, there's two different versions that they added together. And part of the song is just a little slower than the other part of the song. But you wouldn't, unless you really heard it, you wouldn't know it. And I was talking to my friend Bill, who's no longer with us. He would say to me, wow, that guy's pretty good. I wish he was on the air in Albany. So that, that's all I can say is I love listening to his show. It's on the Belmont's radio network, on the Belmont's radio on the internet it's a great show i listen they play them over and over again i listen to it just to get into the mood of oldies and it yeah really... He, he really was so enthusiastic about the music and you know he really there was a guy here that did jazz that with bill marlowe was so enthusiastic and you know when you when somebody loves the music and it's not just a shtick like wolfman was kind of being a, a goofy dj but you know they're really into the music they're playing it makes it's infectious it's great it really is it really is so we'll turn it over to you bill 
Well, thank everybody for participating. Thank you very, very much, and enjoy this piece. And Jeff, thanks for bringing this one to our attention. Have a great week, everyone, and listen to this one. See you next week. Yep. This week, we're going to listen to a really unusual radio station. The radio station is one of two radio stations that are featured on a website dedicated to the group The Belmonts. The Belmonts are from the Bronx, New York, and the group is named after Belmont Avenue, located in the Bronx. And their lead singer was Dion DiBucci, who later had a very successful solo career. But let's get back to The Belmonts' website. The Belmonts have a website which features two radio stations. The first radio station, called All Time Oldies, plays nothing but Little Walter's Time Machine. Little Walter's Time Machine was a syndicated show out of Boston, Massachusetts, which aired on many radio stations throughout the United States. Today, Little Walter is retired. However, his show lives on via the Internet. So we're going to hear Little Walter's Time Machine, and I think you're going to like the oldies he plays. He plays familiar oldies and, well, not-so-familiar oldies. So without further ado, let's listen to Little Walter's Time Machine on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Tell me, Little Walter's Time Machine! And then that was a big craze back in the late 50s. Little Walter's Time Machine. Let's get aboard the genie. Who's that knocking at my door, huh? at the platters.
time machine, I got a note here from Steve in Jacksonville, Florida. Wants to hear Walking the Streets Alone by the Love Letters. Walking the Streets Alone by the Love Letters. That is a request. Got another one here. Phil Hughes wants one of my all-time favorites. It's the very first record Fats Domino ever made called The Fat Man. Edition, you know you're gonna be too because I've got a song by Roy Orbison right here. Gonna take you uptown.
I could play more of that radio show. It sounds so, so good. And the first time I got to hear little Walter's Time Machine was back in the 1980s when he was on radio station WCGY-FM in Boston, Massachusetts. I was traveling up to New Hampshire to a ham radio festival, and I couldn't turn the radio off. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the show, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F, Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or, of course, you can call that feedback line. It's always open to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 800-693. 0595. That's 800 693 0595. And of course, an option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live on the Worldwide Legend.